Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. My name is Maya Jankalovas, and myself and my husband are the owners of Jack's Wife Frida, the restaurant, and we just came out with a new cookbook, and we're super excited to talk about it today with Susie. Food as an expression of familial love is one of the oldest and most universal concepts. Who were Jack and Frida? Ah, oh, I love the introduction. So it's it's funny to hear somebody read it. It's um, from something so personal. It's kind of a crazy thought that it's all out there. But uh, anyways, Jack and Frida were my husband Dean's grandparents, and we named the restaurants in their honor. And I think that Jack and Frida just represented just that. They represented that feeling of, of home and warmth and comfort and hospitality, entertaining and fun and just all those memories and all those good words. And we, we just thought it would be a fun idea to, to have that fun spin on their names. First off, I have to say this cookbook is stunning. It evokes the feeling of your darling cafes. Give us a little overview of the look and vibe of your cafes and the community. So as far as the look and the vibe, I think we really went for that Parisian uh, cafe look. I think the warmth of the lighting was a big one for us. Having banquettes and cozy corners to sit at was a big one for us. We designed everything ourselves pretty quickly um, as we were working at other jobs when we were putting the first restaurant together. The, the energy in the room is, you know, maybe it comes a little bit by the way it looks, but it really comes from the people that are there, whether it is the, the staff or the customers that come in. Your and your husband Dean's stories started 6,000 miles apart in South Africa and Israel and converged at Baltazar in Soho, New York City. What's more romantic than that? Uh, when I met Dean, he sort of said something like that to me. Like he, 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 he thinks that we met thousands of years ago in the desert. So we did Aww. have a great connection. And we worked in restaurants from the, day, from the first day we met. So we always had that in common. And we always shared the same passion and curiosity just about how the restaurants, especially in the city, how they work and just love being part of them. Our relationship um, uh, with restaurants and with the city was, you know, with all the struggles and all the romance, it was just, uh, you know, so I think if you have stamina and you stick in, the city finally started to listen at some point. Uh, Just not giving up and believing and dreaming and Finally, it, it, all, it all worked out and came together, and it's still a little bit of a miracle. I love this um, part in the book where you wrote, there was always this distant thought I was going to have to go back home, but the energy of downtown New York City made me feel something new, made me want to commit and stay. It was the first yeah. time I felt like my life was becoming my own. It felt like a miracle. I love that. <laughs> I love the parts that you're picking out. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think I was surrounded by, by people who, who, you know, at the, you know, sort of late teenage years or early 20s are, you know, everyone is just looking for, you know, seeking who it is, who is it that they are and what they want to do with their life. So I was surrounded by, you know, a group of people who were in the same boat and 
I didn't come with the I didn't come with the intention to stay in the city. I came with a ticket for three months, um, as did Dean. And yeah, something about the city just made me feel like I was meant to stay here and do my own thing here, and you know, break whatever pattern it is I, I came from and start start our own um, belief system. And yeah, that's a great feeling. And I think you know, everyone has to go through it on some version, and that's. That, that was that was our story. I think everyone does that when they move to New York City. They say, okay, I'm just going to do a year. And then you look up and it's 10 years. Totally. totally. <laughs> everyone I know here. And then sometimes you run into people that you haven't seen for so many years and you're just so happy that they're still here. They're still surviving yes. this crazy place. It's so nice to know somebody else is still here. They did it. A lot of people do leave. But then when people are still around, it's, it's just as good as a feeling. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is Jewish comfort food. What exactly is that? You know, there's the Ashkenaz and the Sephardi part of of, of Jewish, of traditionally um, cooked Jewish food. And, you know, Ashkenaz being the Jews that came from Eastern Europe and Sephards uh, coming from Northern Africa or Yemen and, and that, that area, more of the Middle East. And totally two different cuisines. So what I loved about growing up in Israel, that you got to get the best of those two worlds. And I'm half-half when my dad was Ashkenaz and my mom was Sephard. So totally two different cuisines. Couldn't be, you know, day and night difference. But it's for me, anything they made was, was comfort food. Anything, I don't know, it's, you can, it's, a, it's definitely a different... Um, I think it's becoming more and more popular in New York City, maybe a little bit of the Middle Eastern cuisine. And, you know, as far as, you know, the chopped salad and the hummus and the stuff that's more on the healthier side. But um, I just associate any, I, I think, you know, the Jews being in the diaspora for most of, 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 of the time, um, they just took from everywhere. So I think Jewish food, is it, it can come from any from any place in the world, really. And we just all brought it up to, we all brought it, every, everyone was raised with wherever it is their parents were from because no one was really from the same place. I adore your peri-peri chicken that you have at the cafe. And I had it the other night. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm, that's Dean's favorite. <laughs> I'm thrilled it's included in the cookbook. Describe this dish and where did the recipe originate? So peri-peri is like a, it's a, it's a, Chile from uh, it originated from Mozambique, and Dean, my husband, grew up in South Africa, and I think Mozambique was under Portuguese colonies. So, um, just all the Portuguese cuisine, as well as uh, whatever they were cooking around there, just trickled down to the border into South Africa. So he grew up with all those flavors, and he has really strong memories from. Uh, this place called Mandos, which is totally a, a takeout chicken place, but they were huge peri peri um, believers, and there was peri peri on everything. So he, we knew that we had to do that and find our own version of it. And it's just you know we do a half half chicken, but it's spatchcock, so it's flattened, and it just has the peri peri rub on it. And yeah, Dean has it five nights a week it's it's just really good and moist and we take the thigh bones out so it's a, it's i think it's the best chicken we ever had <laughs> it's the best chicken i've ever had it is good right <laughs> yes it's so good i would have it five nights a week if i could 
You can try that. Maybe one week. Tell us about your chef, Julia. So Julia is um, our consultant chef. We couldn't have opened the restaurants without her. And, you know, when we were, I think it was really like a month, a month in before we opened our first location at Lafayette and we didn't have a chef and we had a, a list of everything we knew what we wanted to have on, on the menu, but we couldn't find um, a chef. We met a bunch of people. I found that most chefs are a little ego driven and it's hard to find somebody um, as easy. It was as, as when we met Juliet was just so easy. She just could make anything we wanted. She did it better than we could have dreamed of. And there was no ego involved. So she just executed everything we dreamed about. And, um, yeah, she, she, she understood us and she listened, I think. And it's, um, yeah, something we appreciate so much that we were able to put our dream menu with the dishes that mean so much to us together, thanks to her. It seems to me that this cookbook was written for the home cook. Are all of these yes. recipes on the menu at Jack's Wife Frida? Uh, not all of them. Some of them um, are special, so they have like guest appearances every couple of months, and some of them are just old-time favorites that we missed and wanted to bring back. But, you know, Julia did a, a lot of testing in her home kitchen in our little studio apartment in Soho, and she lives now in Nashville, so I know she was doing a lot of recipe testing there. So we really wanted to make sure all the recipes were that easy to make at home. And a lot of people do come to Jack's Wife Frida and they say, oh, I can make this at home. It's so easy. And I don't know if they mean it for good or for bad, but it is <laughs> really the point. <laughs> it's the point. You want, I, like, you know, there are a lot of restaurants that you go and you get, you know, dishes um, and menus that you cannot make at home are a little more complicated and creative. But the point of Jack's Wife Frida is to just feel like you're at home, an extension of your living room, and just having that ability to have something that simple, um, just just that, with that much convenience that you don't have to really make it, but we'll make it for you and you can feel great while you're sitting down and eating. We have kids at the same elementary school. Now, how, I know, that's cool. <laughs> I love it. How do you juggle motherhood and the cafes and still look incredible? I think I get my hair down before I know somebody's going to take my picture. I don't <laughs> always have good hair days. <laughs> I'm also human. And I don't know. I'm really trying to figure it out. It's hard. It's like no one prepares you. Or, you know, when you're pregnant, you just have, uh, for us, I just had this ambition to do more. We were, you know, working long hours in restaurants till three, four in the morning the first time I got pregnant. And we knew then that we had to make a lifestyle change and we couldn't stay on our feet till three, four in the morning every day anymore and kind of have to grow up. And you just go with it for us. I mean, some people are maybe a lot more planned out with a lot of people I know. But for us, it was really a matter of, you know, one day at a time and doing our best and working our hardest. And I think when you're present in the moment and making the right decisions in the moment, then one thing leads to the next, even if it takes a while. And, you know, the, you know, there have been really hard years and opening the first restaurant was, I have lots, I think, I think it could be in the book, but just lots of memories of, of crying and, you know, it is that hard. So a lot of people ask other moms those questions and their answers are, usually superhero-ish, but it's, it's, it's hard and it gets, it gets easier. Some days are easy and they're a miracle. Some days are hard. So 
I think it's just being open to, you know, anything can happen and you just, you just have to do your best and you want the best for, for your kids. And that's the most, the most important thing before anything. And it's hard. It's hard. You don't want to make mistakes your parents have made. And yeah, it's a lot of stuff I'm, I'm still working on. <laughs> You're the only person I know that can wear denim overalls and look oh, no. so stylish. And Intermix called like... you the unofficial queen of denim overalls. That's oh, huge. You did your homework. I did. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that was really nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> the other night for dinner, I made your green shakshuka from page 63. And Amazing. You should send me a picture. I, it's on Instagram. Did it come green? It oh, did cool. come out I'm green. I'm going to find you again. It's okay. gorgeous. Good. And I'd never cooked with tomatillos before. They were always kind of intimidating, but they were so easy uh-huh. to cook with. And it kind I of agree. reminded me of uh, Salsa Verde. Totally. Well, yes, yesterday we did a video, Julia and myself at the restaurant, and we made a shakshuka for InStyle. And that's exactly what she was talking about. And, it, you know, the... The shakshuka is a traditional Middle Eastern baked eggs dish, and it's traditionally made in, in red tomatoes. And we really wanted to have another, like, revise, revise, uh, revise and have a twist on that classic. And I think the green tomatillos were just genius. And they, and that's, and she was talking about how it was such a normal thing cooking in all, all her years of cooking in New York City uh, kitchens. It's just that Latino, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's in all the, the, the Mexican dishes. They use it, you know, pretty, pretty freely all over. So she, she was very familiar with it. And it just worked out beautifully, I think. It's so fresh. Yeah, it's very fresh. Where can we That's find you in New York City and on the web? Jack Soy Frida uh, has, we have two locations for our restaurants. One is in the West Village at 50 Carmine Street, which is just the most charming neighborhood in the world. I always feel like it's a little Woody Allen moment walking on those streets. I know. And our other look, right? But it's so close to the school where our kids go to. I love And it. our first location is in Soho at that. Uh, 224 Lafayette Street, so also the heart of, you know, that whole thing, Soho, which is awesome. And yeah, we have our website, jackswipefrida.com, and some, you know, pictures and information there. And the cookbook that just came out, of course, where, you know, the whole story is there and food. With this cookbook, you can bring South African, Israeli, Jewish, grandmother cuisine into your own kitchen. Thank you, Dean's wife, Maya, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Aw, thank you so much. That was great. I can't wait to see you in the neighborhood. 